What would it mean to you if we were able to find an answer, a definitive answer to your question? Well, it depends on if it's if there's a real train or not. I'm Chris Chang and Phillips, and this is Let's Find Out, a monthly podcast about the history of Edmonton, Alberta, or Amiskwichi Waskahigan on Treaty Six territory. Each episode, we take questions from curious Edmontonians about local history, and then we find out the answers together. Let's Find Out is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. This episode, the case of the Christmas train. Glenn Carlson asks us to help him confirm whether the Bay Store downtown really had a Christmas train on the rooftop when he was a kid. One of my favorite things about this story is that the stakes are both really tiny and potentially huge for Glenn. It starts a couple weeks after Christmas, with assistant producer Omar Salafu and I waiting for Glenn at the City of Edmonton Archives. Something's free? From the moment we met Glenn, he seemed to be a magnet for coincidence. The receptionist, Marlene, asked him to sign in at the front door, and he looked up like he recognized her. Mind sufficiently blown by the fact that Glenn and Marlene somehow knew each other, we sat down with Glenn to get him to lay out his question about the Hudson's Bay Company store, the one that used to be at Enterprise Square downtown. Tell, tell us about um, the flack that you've been getting. Well... I don't know. It's just something that I remember as a child, the, this Santa train on top of the bay. And, uh, you know, just in different conversations, like, basically, nobody believes me. <laughs> and uh, so I was watching one of the TV morning shows one day, and I saw them interviewing you. And uh, I thought, well, this is the guy who might be able to find out the answer. So that's cool. Um, well, tell us what you remember of the the bay. Um, well, okay, I guess uh, it would have been in the late 50s because I think if it was in the 60s, I would have been a little older and I would remember for sure one way or the other, I guess. But uh, like I can remember, like all I really remember is going to see this train. Like I probably went to see Santa Claus or something and, you know, and then I remember going up the stairs onto the roof and there was a, a train. Like, I don't know, Santa Claus probably wasn't on it because he was downstairs or whatever, right? But there was this train, and, like, for kids. And thinking about it later, maybe it was just a display that wasn't an actually a functioning train, but I think it was a functioning train. But the other thing is it was bitterly cold, so that that evening or day or whatever, so I didn't... I don't remember actually being on the train. I just remember it was there. Do you have siblings? Were they there too? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do, but none of them. Uh, my older brother, who's two years older, vaguely remembers the possibility that there was a train there. But uh, my other siblings uh, don't have any memory of something like this. So, Are either of your parents still around? No. Okay, no. so we can't fact check with them. I'd mentioned there was a, one friend who remembers, it, like, I don't think he took a ride on this train either, or but he remembers there was a train there. And he also remembers, 
that his mom wouldn't let him go up there because she thought it was dangerous because there probably wasn't a, a proper handrail around the outside. <laughs> <laughs> but he remembers it being there. And then he also, this is a little bit of a side, he remembers in the summer, you know, some like a kid's Ferris wheel type thing set up on the top. I don't remember that. I really? think he's crazy. Decorations-wise, like, what was the feeling? Was it, like, brightly lit? Was it um, yeah. lots of candy canes and stuff? What? Well, yeah, I don't know. It was probably, you know, like, painted reds and whites, and I don't know if they would have had much for lighting on it. or But, you know, I can imagine bows and fancy garlands or whatever. But, like, I just remember the train. Do you watch Star Trek? At all? Not much, no. My friend was just showing me this episode yesterday um, from Star Trek Next Generation where there's this species that they're telepathic historians. They can get you to focus on a, a memory of an object, and then from that object, they can get you to like expand into this memory. Um, there was this character, Keiko, who they were trying to get to, to walk through this memory that she had of a cup. Chipped cup. From when she was a kid, and they got her to like hold the cup. With a crack in it. I can see it, but I don't remember anything else about it. And she remembers, like, putting her finger around it. She's like, oh, one edge is sharp. Wait a second, there's something in the cup. And they make her go into it, and it turns out it was like... My grandmother. She's doing ink brush writing. I can remember it now. She, uh, she used that cup for cleaning the brushes, and it was my job to fill the cup with water and bring it to the table. I wish I could do that with you. It was like, yeah. like, well, get you to focus on an object, and then we could, like, blow up the, the, the memory from there. Yeah. You know, and it, I mean, I, I guess it is possible that this is, like, a memory just inside my head, not, <laughs> it's possible. Like, I have to admit it's possible because, like, my wife doesn't believe, and, and my wife is from Edmonton, too, so we've talked to other people from Edmonton who don't remember that either, so. Uh, do you mind if I ask how old you would have been? Like, what year were you born in? I was born in 52, okay. so I'm thinking, like, this would have probably happened, like, I don't know, 50 seven, eight, or nine, something like that. What would it mean to you if we were able to find an answer, a definitive answer to your question? Well, it depends on if it's, if there's a real train or not. I mean, it would, uh, I mean, it would be good because then I could, uh, I mean, there's enough people that I've asked the question of that uh, it would be nice to be able to say, yeah, there were, yeah, there was a train. Lists or go to this podcast, eh? Mm-hmm. eh that, that would be... <laughs> <laughs> then, then, like, will you be more credible for every other story after this? That's probably a scary thing, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it would definitely enhance credibility. But on the downside, you know, my credibility could be shot, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay with that. What's enough proof for you that it did happen? That it did happen? Mm-hmm. Well, it would be nice to, you know, you'd think there would be a picture, like, you know, I don't imagine, like, the Bay, the Hudson Bay has, like, a historian for Edmonton, but you'd think a historic company like that might. And, uh, well, I mean, I'm hoping that to see a picture of it, it would be black and white. Mm-hmm. But 
Okay. I don't know. So, if we weren't able to find a picture, who's like, uh, who whose opinion would be credible enough? Like, you have a friend who thinks that he remembers it too, but but that's not quite enough for you yet. Well, it wasn't enough for my other friends and family. So, (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, I if it didn't happen, I could live with that too, right? I'm just wondering, like, who could we find? That would like if we can't find a company historian, yeah. who would you accept as as like a credible source? Um, well, it would have to be an older person. Well, <laughs> um, someone who maybe even like a maintenance guy at the at the bay, he would have an idea that these things happen. But I mean, even at that, I mean, we're talking almost 60 years ago, right? Yeah. So whoever was a maintenance guy then, I mean, if he's 30 years old at the time, he's 90 now. And the the one source that I've tried, that I think I mentioned to you, was my Grammy. Yeah. She used to work at the Bay Downtown. And, uh, yeah, it was way before her time working there. And um, the only people that she would have known that, that did work there in that time passed away. So um, that, that's our one dead end so far. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so, sh- uh, shall we take a poke through the archives here and see if we can find either some records or some photographs just as a, a first start and see what we can find here? Sure. Okay, let's find out. So, the way this usually works is we bring our form up to whoever is the reference archivist for this time mm-hmm. of day. We tell them our question and then they help bring up files that are relevant to our stuff from the archives downstairs. But, Marlene, are they on break for lunch? Okay, thanks. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Good. Um, uh, Glenn here has a question. Um, So we have Melissa McCarthy with us. Not the actress. (laughs) Just the archivist, not nearly as much fun. Also just. Uh, That's true, that's true. The archivist. Um, Do you want to tell your question? Uh, I have a memory through my, from a childhood of a train, a Santa train on top of the Hudson Bay, like a, a seasonal thing. Oh, okay. You remember that? I don't. I, I, no, I've not <laughs> that been That would have been here. too easy, right? Yeah, it but, would have. Uh, yeah. I've been here since 2013. Yeah. So Melissa took us out into the archives reading room where they keep the card catalogs for the photographs. We walk into the room. There's maps on the walls. There's bookshelves everywhere. And we kind of situate ourselves and Glenn glances over and sees an older-looking gentleman and his machine of spontaneity and kind of curiosity fires up again, and this happens. I think you remember the, the Santa train. Did you catch that? Glenn said, I think you remember the, the Santa train. And you know what this guy replied? Santa train? Yeah, on top of the bay. Yes. You used to go up the stairs, yeah, and it, for Christmas. Oh, okay. See? <laughs> yes. Okay, perfect. Okay, see, like you look and my look. work here is done. <laughs> Sorry, who have we just met? <laughs> David Hearn. Hi, David. Hi. Chris Chang and Phillips. Uh, I'm the Historian Laureate for the city. This is Omar Salafu. Hi. We nice to meet you. We work on a podcast together, and Glenn is looking into this yeah. very question. What's your last name? Carlson. Carlson, where, you, where did you live? 
I just on 107th and 107th Ave. Okay, I just heard you mentioned something with Cloverdale. I just wanted. Oh, okay, yeah. That's right. That's why I'm doing some research there in the River Valley. So. Sorry, and how did you conclude that he knew about he this train? At, he looked interested in the story. Yeah, I well, was just listening to the story, so that oh, caught my ear. So. Yeah, I remember that as a kid going up there, yeah. They had, yeah, they had a great display up there. Okay, so... Uh, what year? God, I don't know, because we lived down the River Valley, so by five years old, we were wandering upstairs, uptown, six years old. You know, you'd wander around by your own self, so could have been any time after... 50s, 60s, probably in the 60s. Yeah, so maybe. I, I was thinking late 50s, but yeah, could late, well, it would be because you see, it might have been a couple of years that I saw it. So I don't know how many years it ran for. <laughs> I got to get your phone number so that you could talk to my wife. But <laughs> <laughs> what what year were you born? If you don't mind me asking. I born in 53. 53. Okay. And I'm 52. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So you would have had the roughly same, the same. Same. Yeah. Same. Seen the same thing. Yeah. Huh. Um, what do you remember on the roof? You know. I, the big train and a lot of decorations. I remember like trees and uh, he had a buddy that was used to take care of the bay and he's dead now. But uh, yeah, I, you know, just it, I must have been fairly young because I'm only catching parts of it. I remember, but yes, I remember we used to go up there. <laughs> See, now this doesn't happen with your research all that often. No, it doesn't. But no. Uh, no, it definitely does not happen very often. But as Omar pointed out, we still hadn't quite met the standards of proof we established at the beginning. See, it is kind of a small world, eh? Yeah, yeah. that's okay. so. But we still want photographs. We still want some photographs. I. Yeah. This. Looking good. I got Okay. This. The journal uh, would have had something. Oh boy. Yeah, the journal, journal might have had. But I don't know what their archives is like now that they're pretty well finished. Do they keep their archives? Who's got their archives? His archives. The, the journal. journal. The journal. Uh, the journal. Nothing really that I know of. A lot of it does go to the provincial archives, so you would be better off trying there. They have some copies of the journal at the legislature library too, on microfiche. Yeah. Oh, we have a lot of the microfilm, um, but for original material, I don't really know where that goes. We do have the microfilm for those years, which oh, really? is looking like, yeah, for the 50s, which is looking like probably the best thing. I have tried looking under children. I've tried looking under Christmas. Um, children was my last one. I tried Bay. I tried Hudson's Bay. I tried Train. I tried Rail. A lot of interesting stuff. Nothing particularly what you're looking for. So our trusty reference archivist, Melissa McCarthy, set us up at a microfilm reader in the back room. We decided to start looking through old copies of the Edmonton Journal for articles or ads that might have mentioned the Christmas train, starting in December of the year that Glenn was born, 1952. Okay. Used to it at all? I have not used this Okay. Window. So you've got three speeds. Okay. A little bit forward I'm reading. I need to skip a couple of pages. Oh my god, I need to go to the end of the thing. Okay. Uh, same thing for reverse. If you reverse all the way, it will come off, which is fine. It's meant to do that. This is probably a good speed. Yeah. Anybody can come in here and look at this stuff? Mm hmm Okay. Yep. Um, photocopies cost like, I don't know, like 25, 35 cents a page or something, but other than that, it's free to okay. come in and use, yeah. Okay, so we're at December 1st, 1952 in the journal, and... Oh boy. Woodwards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
We just started rolling through the microfilm when suddenly Melissa showed up on one side and another archivist showed up on the other side. Elizabeth Walker. Okay. Whoa. We're surrounded Whoa. on both sides by archivists. Uh, who? Uh, I don't know. You produce sleeping files? Yes. I've so. got uh, the Hudson's Bay Company file from 1950 to 1959 and our Christmas file from the beginning of time until 1979. So anything that we have from there, you might be lucky, you might not. It's worth a try. Okay. Um, there's cool. also, as I was fetching these, I thought possibly the Hudson's Bay Company archives in Manitoba who are the primary repository for HBC records, and that does pretty much continue as far as I can tell. Is it? As far as I can tell. Like, I looked on the website. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so you might want to try there. They're at the Provincial Archives of Manitoba. Okay. Phone number. Yeah. What kind of budget do you have? Can we make a trip to Winnipeg? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we'll be able to get together a travel grant that quickly. <laughs> well, we don't want to be there in the winter anyway. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm happy to go along if there's yeah, a budget. Well, there you go. We could, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Melissa. It's another potential way to find it out. Sweet. Um, and uh, Elizabeth Walker is also here because as I was walking by, I said hi, and I mentioned what we were working on. <laughs> <laughs> and Elizabeth. I said, I don't know anything about a train, but I know they landed a helicopter on the oh, roof. Cool. Okay. With Santa? A bubble helicopter. Oh, cool. oh wow. <laughs> That's Can really you see cool. the train in the background? <laughs> uh, it definitely looks roofy, yeah. but I don't see a train. But that's pretty funny. Yeah. Did, was, Santa must have been piloting the helicopter because it's only one seat, um, it looks like. Oh, hey, that's true. Well, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. This is the oh, I see. Lighting. Sorry. There's an action shot. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, it's cool. So can you see the train there? No. <laughs> so we have evidence, we have a photograph of something Christmassy happening on the roof. Okay, and clear proof that there is a Santa Claus. Yes, clear proof, clear proof. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow the reindeer was just out of the shot, though. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But that's all we had. I decided to start looking through those clipping files that Melissa found for Christmas and the Bay. See, this is when they actually had a sports section. Yeah. You know, now it's very disappointing that that's Christmas morning. I have a Christmas article about Santa at the Bay from 1952. It doesn't mention the train. Oh. Do you, do you remember the Kofi Fee tweet? Yes. Where Donald Trump fell asleep writing a tweet last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This article from... December 24th, 1908. Um, it looks like the same thing happened. To attempt to describe each individual display would be too large a task. The per lily strong ep whip schlerdu perplexed shopper, unless he be a particularly strong-minded person. There's this line of like total gibberish in the bulletin from 1908. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody, nobody was proofreading that. Yeah. So bizarre. Huh. <laughs> so I think we've made some progress today. Uh, I am happy to keep digging through these clipping folders and keep going through microfilm and stuff. Maybe let's set up a time for, what, for to meet up, okay, sure. um, and either I'll have somebody interesting for you to meet, or hopefully something interesting to show you, or maybe I'll just be able to tell you we haven't found anything else. Okay, yeah. Anyway, okay, well, we'll see you guys in two weeks then. Yeah. Yep, sounds good.
Little did I know, I was moments away from a major break in the case. More on that in a minute. But first, a quick message about the new network that we're part of. If you haven't heard yet, Let's Find Out is now a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. What this means is that we'll still provide you with our sweet content, but now with extra support from a network full of other wonderful podcasts. One of my personal favorites is a network show called High Level Showdown, hosted by Michael, Elliot, and Sharon. The show covers political topics, and in the last episode was a recap of Trump's first year in the White House. I highly recommend High Level Showdown, and you can find it along with other amazing podcasts at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation's mission is simple. Make Edmonton a more livable city. They accomplish this by investing money in community organizations. If you can think of a local initiative or organization making a difference, they've probably received money from the Edmonton Community Foundation before. An organization I've personally seen make Edmonton more livable with their support is E4C. They offer an inner city food delivery program that I've helped before in delivering food for kids in need of school lunches and snacks. And E4C provides their services for free, which means funding like this is very important. For more information on the Edmonton Community Foundation, visit ecfoundation.org. So, fast forward two weeks, we met back up with Glenn at the City of Edmonton Archives, and we had a lot to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So, remind us of the stakes. What's riding on figuring out the answer to this question? Uh, Well, there's a lot of... I told you so. (laughs) Most people don't think my memory is accurate. It's just something inside my my head. But uh, I should say my daughter thinks she believes me. One of few. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So uh, I'll tell you what happened since we saw you. Um, When you left uh, two weeks ago when we were here at the archives, there was we were working on the microfilm of the Edmonton Journal, yeah. and we were working on um, the clippings file of Christmas in Edmonton. Um, so I kept going through the microfilm for a while. Uh, we had started so early though that like you, I was kind of getting exhausted. So I went pretty far through that year, and I couldn't find any reference to it. Then I went to the clippings folder, and I found an article about. The train. Oh, right on. Perfect. <laughs> like, almost, it, it was almost so soon after you left that I considered, like, calling like me. calling you back. <laughs> but um, I would have come, come back. <laughs> um, so, so this is the article that I found um, from the Edmonton Journal, November 20th, 1964. 700-foot rooftop line opens. Um, so it's got a picture of the train. Okay. Um, do you want me to read it out? Uh, well, sure. Okay. Um, so the, the strangest thing I find about this article is that it is written as if the reporter is interviewing the train. Okay. <laughs> so picture that. Um, I made my first trip through Fairyland Thursday, Skyliner said. A nervous whoosh escaped one of his red exhaust valves. I met Mayor Horlack when he officially opened the line, the little train commented proudly. 
Skyliner's 700 feet of track are perched atop the Hudson's Bay Company building on Jasper Ave. Aided by Santa Claus, Skyliner's maiden journey through a forest, some mountains and tunnels and cartoon characters was enjoyed by 60 children from, and this is the language that they used in 1964, from, uh, was enjoyed by 60 children from the Winifred Stewart School for Retarded Children. I have four cars, and they're all heated, the little train exclaimed proudly. They each hold 12 children. Skyliner's 10-minute journey is supervised by his own engineer, conductor, and station master, all in their own uniforms. I don't go to work regularly until Saturday, the little train explained. You see, they haven't finished all the details yet, he said. After Sunday, I'll be running from 2 p.m. until 5 p.m. every day until December 24th. I get Christmas off, too, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's awesome. So you you commented on the 1964 bit. I was thinking it was maybe earlier than that, you know, because that would put me at 12. But still, I mean, 12 still, that would be great grade six. Yeah. That, that's, that surprised me too. So I wondered if this article was accurate because yeah. you remembered it being like late 50s. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dave thought it was like 62 or something. But, you know. That works for me, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to try to figure out, you know, it was 1964, actually the first year, as this article suggests. Um, I did try to contact um, the Hudson's Bay Company archives that Melissa had mentioned. Melissa McCarthy, the, one of the archivists here at the City Archives. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're located within the Manitoba archives. So um, I tried doing a search through their website. Um, couldn't find anything promising for Christmas train. So I emailed them and just said, help and also we have very little time because Glenn's coming to meet us and um, so I found some interesting things and actually I brought copies of these for you um, so you can have these ones Um, so this is the bay in 1964 Um, you can see they've decorated in a Swiss Christmas village style that year Um, this is the um, Jasper Avenue 102nd Street angle so they've like put on a facade that looks like little Swiss houses and they've got some Christmas stars and the Bay logo is actually very exuberant. Oh, well, yeah, like that's, they're breaking the mold from the traditional thing right there. That probably ended up like their logo for a long time. But And then I found this picture that, uh, so th- this was something that Lisa Friesen from the HBC archives had emailed me. She said, okay, look through these pictures. This is what I found that might be relevant. Um, this one isn't labeled as relating to the train, um, but it is a group of children waiting for something on the roof of the bay from 1964. So I'm pretty sure these are the kids from yeah. the school who rode the train that day. And then there we go. Oh. Skyliner train. <laughs> Skyliner. <laughs> um, there's a conductor, I guess. Um and an engineer, and then another conductor, it looks like. Um, they're, they're, anyway, there are three adults, and then okay. if you look really closely in the windows, you can see there's a kid and a parent okay. or teacher yeah. there. Yeah. They're riding around on the roof. Okay. Is that Santa in there? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if so, he's incognito that yeah, day. I'm going to say he's in there. But, uh, okay, that's good. Um, it's much bigger than I think either Omar or I thought it would be. Yeah. Well, it's it seems to be bigger than I thought it was going to be, too. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, I don't have a memory of it actually looking like that, but I just remember 
you know, I mean, how many other trains could there have been on top of the bay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I don't think there were any more. Yeah. Not from what I could find. Um, yeah, so there's snow. There's, like, they have some pine trees on the roof. Looks like plywood okay. igloo with yeah. uh, spray paint to make the little ice blocks on it. Um, and then... There's this article, which was like, I, I felt like this was the confirmation that 1964 was definitely the first year that they had it. Oh, okay. Um, so the Bay um, published a, a sort of a newsletter, I guess, called the Bay News. Okay. So this issue is from December 1964. The article says, Edmonton marks traditional Yule. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Edmonton. Each of our retail stores has an individual theme at this time of year. For the Edmonton store... Quote, it's a traditional Christmas at the Bay, unquote. And from the old English greeting in its advertisements to the 19th century costumes uh, being worn by the staff, the store has taken the old-fashioned approach to the Yuletide season this year. And this year, there's an extra treat in store for young shoppers, a miniature train running on 700 feet of track on top of the Edmonton store. The Skyliner's inaugural run took place November 19th when Edmonton's mayor, William Horlack, cut a ribbon at the entrance to the heated station house. Then the train made its first appearance with Santa Claus, riding in the first coach with his bag of gifts for the 50 invited guests. And again, this is the language they used in 1964. Children from the Winifred Stewart School for Retarded Children. For several hours a day, the Skyliner makes its 10-minute runs through the enchanted forest, the barren waste near the North Pole, through tunnels and past the hundreds of gaily lit Christmas trees. And then this is the same picture. The same picture as before. Yeah. Good. So I don't know how more definitively we could have answered this question for you, but it definitely happened. It definitely happened, and that's awesome. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm quite relieved. But you know, even just when you sent me the email last night that there's something, mm-hmm. right? And I mentioned that to my wife, and she, well, she's happy for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for letting us take on such an interesting and uh, ultimately satisfying question to answer. Well, thanks for for your work. <laughs> I mean, with a question like this, I mean, I could have come to the archive, right? But actually, it's a lot easier just to ask you guys. <laughs> so, Omar, how hard did you think it was going to be to answer this question? I thought it was going to be very hard. I think originally the idea of finding if a train was on the HPC's roof sometime at the end of the 50s, early 60s, was relatively daunting. Placing all those moving parts together in one succinct, ideally photograph, because a written article could have still been a little dodgy. We need a photo or some definitive personal proof that this was a thing. That's pretty hard to do. I agree. So. For me, this felt way easier than I expected. And I wondered afterwards why it was so straightforward. So here's my theory on what we had working in our favor. First of all, unlike a story like the one that we did about food plants and indigenous communities last year on the podcast, this was a question that did not require accessing information from any cultural community that we're not already part of. You and Glenn and I all speak English. We all know where information about a Christmas display at a department store is likely to be recorded. Newspaper articles, ads, photographs, that information is likely to be stored in English. Second, it's the kind of thing that we knew someone was likely to celebrate. It's not shameful or embarrassing like some of the clan research we've done on this show. Third, it related to the Bay, which is a huge company that's been part of Canadian Light for hundreds of years. So lots of people are invested in retaining information about it. And lastly, 
it happened within living memory, which means that it's still possible to bump into people like David Hearn who remember the train. And it also means that you and I are familiar with technologies like photographs and newsletters that they use to document what happened. We didn't have to have access to expertise in ancient pottery or ice core analysis or oral history. Just something interesting to think about because it's sometimes hardest to see what obstacles we didn't have to overcome. Thanks for listening to Let's Find Out. This podcast is produced by Omar Salafu and me, Chris Chang and Phillips. We want your questions about Edmonton history. Drop us a line at chris at letsfindoutpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, and letsfindoutpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook under Let's Find Out Podcast. Okay, thank you, time. Thank you to Glenn Carlson, to Kirsten Phillips, Kyla Tichkowski, and David Hearn, Melissa McCarthy at the City of Edmonton Archives, and Lisa Friesen at the Hudson's Bay Company Archives at the Archives of Manitoba. Thanks to the Edmonton Historical Board and the Edmonton Heritage Council for supporting this podcast, to everyone who's been supporting it, especially Finn. Original music for this podcast is by the just plain lovely human being, Doug Hoyer. Artwork for our logo by Andrea Hergy at Mount Pioneer Design. All right, that's it for this month. Until next time, keep your questions coming.